Welcome to Ronnie Phillips Podcast. This message is made possible by the partners of Abba's House Media. Help us continue to share this message around the world about how to live free and fully alive. Visit abbashouse.com slash partner to learn more. And before you leave, be sure and subscribe to Pastor Ronnie's YouTube channel. Now, here's Pastor Ronnie Phillips. I'm going to begin a series this morning called The Voice. I've been excited about this series for some time. I'm going to preach a little longer than I normally do today. I want you to stay with me. If you've been in church your whole life, uh, you can go on autopilot till about point four, and then I'll wake you up, and we're going to finish this thing strong. Amen? Because when I preach, I preach for everybody, the lost and the faithful. Amen? And so there are some things I'm going to say to get this message off the ground that may not necessarily be for you. These may be things you already know, but we're going somewhere. Everybody say we're going somewhere. Last year in the news media, a news personality made a statement that people that claimed to hear from God were mentally insane and equated it to hearing voices. And when I heard that last year, the Lord put this entire series the next eight or nine weeks on my heart, and I've titled it The Voice. Because I believe and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God still speaks. I stand here today because God spoke and he's still speaking to me today. You're here today because at some point in your life God spoke to you. Or maybe you drifted in here this morning and you don't know why you drifted in here. But your circumstances led you here and he speaks through circumstances. We'll get into that throughout the course of the next eight weeks. But the voice of God. I believe that many of us need to be able to discern and hear the voice of God. So this morning I want to answer the question, does God still speak? Does God still speak? Not everyone gets the burning bush experience like Moses or the gentle whisper like Elijah. Not every one of us gets swallowed up by a well like Jonah for our disobedience, but God speaks to all of us and he speaks to us in different ways. And God is trying to speak to you this morning. And I hope that after you hear this word, that you'll be able to hear the voice of God. One of my favorite ancient hymns during the time of segregation that Dr. King quoted so eloquently was, I've seen the lightning flash and I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And I'm telling you this morning, once you've heard that voice, it doesn't matter if you're heading towards a martyr's death or to be stoned or to be pushed aside, you'll fight on. And it's my prayer that you can fight on. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. His eternal power and Godhead. So that people are without excuse. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10. You, Paul would say this to his mentee. Know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, persecutions, and suffering. 
What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch? He was driven out of there. Iconium. He was almost lynched there. And in Lystra, he was stoned. The persecutions I endured. In Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me. Everybody say he rescued me. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Everybody say, that's me. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, God speaks with a purpose. To make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If you ever go to Bible college or seminary, your first lesson will be on this particular verse right here. They make you learn it, they make you know it, and they make you defend it. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good Work. And Paul speaks to Timothy because his mother was a Jew, his father was a Greek, but he was raised by his mother like so many of us in this day and age. So many people that we love and we admire, they're raised by their mother. I'm a big football fan. It's getting close to my favorite time of the year, which is college football season. But I spent my afternoon watching the Hall of Fame celebrations, the one we had here locally with Terrell Owens and also Randy Moss and Ray Lewis. And I couldn't help but think watching these Hall of Fame speeches, driving Kelly nuts she was so sick to death of it. But the common theme, many strong Christians were inducted into the Hall of Fame and gave God glory yesterday. But the common theme in all of them was the fact that they were raised by a mother or a grandmother. They were raised without a father. But a voice kept pushing them towards greatness. Through their failures, their difficulties, some voice kept pushing them towards greatness. And I think of Timothy here, was raised primarily by his mother, who taught him the word of God. And I'm thankful for mothers this morning and grandmothers. But I'm also thankful for this church because as I was hearing these speeches yesterday and the common theme was I was raised without my father. I was raised without my father. I thought, God, you've strategically positioned this church as the father's house, a house of grace for people who were raised without fathers. You've strategically put us here for such a time as this because of the people that are rising in this generation. They don't know what it's like to have a father and we can offer them that because God is our father, the father of the fatherless and protector of widows. He sent his spirit into our hearts crying out, Abba, Father. His voice has been sent into our hearts. The voice of God. And if the church will do what it's supposed to do and what it's called to do, we'll give people that covering and that confidence to be who God's called them to be. And that's what the church should be. That's what the church should be. Ray Lewis got up there last night, started preaching, and he, he thanked every pastor from the time he was a child to the time he retired. And I'm telling you, God's called us to help people, to speak into people. He's called us to be an agent of grace. God's called us to touch this world and to teach people how to hear his voice. So the first point I want to give to you about the voice of God in answering the question, does God still speak this morning, is going to be what I would say a very Baptist answer. So just bear with me, okay? 
or Pentecostal, Brother Randy, either way, okay? But God speaks, first of all, surprise, surprise, through his word. Everybody say his word. It says in our text in 2 Timothy, continue in what you have learned. You can't continue in something if you've never learned anything. So whatever you know of God's word, you need to continue in it because God still speaks through the Bible. He still speaks through the scriptures, the holy scriptures. The Bible is inerrant and it's infallible. It survived throughout the ages. It survived destruction. It survived uh, insults. It survived wars. The Bible is still a tool through which God speaks. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I know it and that I'm continuing to grow in it and that you're continuing to grow in it. I heard a story from the 1800s about a Bible uh, distributor in Sicily. And he, he, he was trying to get the Bible into as many hands as possible. And he was robbed at gunpoint one particular night. And the person that robbed him said he wanted him to set fire to every Bible on that truck. And he said, I will if you'll just let me read a few things out of one of them before I set fire to the Bibles. Well, he read Psalm 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Love Never Fails, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the person who had him at gunpoint said, that's an awful good book. Let me at least have one. And all the Bibles made it out of there safe that evening. But the man who tried to rob the distributor was called to the ministry that night and would preach the gospel years later. I tell you, God's word's a powerful thing, sharper than any two-edged sword. A lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God's word still speaks and it's God breathed. But it says wise through salvation. So you have to ask yourself how you were raised. Were you raised in the things of God or were you raised and pushed away from God because how you're raised has a huge impact on how you will live the rest of your life and what you feel about faith. Now you can overcome either one, but you need to reimagine life without the influence of how you're raised because you need to know God for yourself and you need to know God's word for yourself. I'm thankful for denominations. I'm thankful for families that, that, that believe in going to church and things of God, but at some point in your life, you've got to grab that Bible for yourself. And you've got to let God speak to you through that Bible so you'll know who you are in Christ. Isaiah 55, verse 11 says, So my word that goes from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve, the purpose for which I sent it. You have to be open to his voice and to his purpose for your life. Paul would say, listen, I was rescued. From this district, I was rescued from these three cities. God rescued me. Do you know his voice will rescue you? It'll save you, it'll deliver you, it'll spare you, it'll change you, it'll convict you, it'll cleanse you, it'll move you. God's voice is powerful and he speaks through his word. Number two, he speaks through creation. That's what our text says there in Romans chapter one, verse 20. It ends by saying that we are without excuse. That means someone in the bush that's never heard the name Jesus that, that can look at creation and something in them can say there is more to life than this and they can cry out to a God they don't know. The Bible says that it, you can look at creation and, and realize that there is a God. So you have no excuse. Some people have never received a Bible. I have people ask me, what happens if someone never received a Bible, never heard the name Jesus, they live in a, a, an unreached place? What happens to them? The Bible says... 
If they can't look at the animals and the galaxies and the stars and realize that there's a God there without excuse. The heavens, the psalmist would say, declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is nor speech nor language heard. The voice goes out into all the world and the words to the ends of the earth. You should be able to look at creation and see that there is a God. Everything we see according to science, which is not very much, everything we see is really only 4.9% of what's really going on, scientists tell us. Everything we see is made up of atoms, protons, neutrons, neutrons, and electrons. And it's only 4.9% of what God sees. So there's so much that we've yet to discover, yet to even see on this earth. But here's what the scientists at Northwestern University said. If the electromagnetic force in atoms were weakened by 4%, the sun would explode. 4%. If it were stronger, there would be no stability and fewer stable atoms. If protons were 0.2% heavier, they would decay into neutrons, unable to hold on to electrons. If the proton-to-electron mass ratio were much smaller, there would be no stability in the stars or galaxies. If the mass ratio were higher, there would be no DNA molecules, and we wouldn't exist. So, liberal-minded people say science disproves God. I believe that science proves God. It proves that we are no accident. We are here for a purpose and we should be able to look at the galaxies and the creation around us and see that God still speaks. His voice is real, it's authentic. This is what he would tell Job. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the clouds and makes lightning flash? Do you know how the clouds hang poised those wonders of him who have perfect knowledge. You ought to be able to look at what's around you and realize that God still speaks. When you hear a bird chirping, when you hear animals, when you look at your dumb-looking dogs, you got to realize that God has a sense of humor. My dog needs braces. I got a dog named Norman with an underbite, and he's cute, but he's, he's ugly cute. You know, there's ugly cute. There's a story in the Bible about Balaam, and I'm not going to cuss this morning. But I got to tell you this. This is funny to me, speaking of how God speaks through creation. Numbers 22, the donkey said to Balaam, now a donkey, God used a donkey, be politically correct. Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Here's what happened. This mighty prophet named Balaam, He was gifted and anointed by God. He was focused on riches and success and lost track and lost the ability to hear God's voice or to see things God wanted him to see. God had called him to prophesy to his people. So the Lord sent an angel with a sword to Balaam. He's riding his donkey. The donkey sees the angel, but the human being doesn't. The donkey swerves off the road and Balaam beats the donkey to death till it talks. That sounds like something I'd do. The Bible's funny if you read it. One time, Kelly 
and I were getting ready to have a baby. We were getting ready to have Reed. He's, he's 12 or 13 now. She was pregnant with Reed, and we'd bought a foreclosure uh, up on Big Ridge. In fact, every house we've ever bought has been like that. We buy fixer-uppers and drive each other nuts and all that. So this was our second home, and it needed a lot of work, like a decade worth of the work. And so I had some construction friends of mine come up because we had a little kitchen nook that overhung the two-level deck that we had, but it, it was open inside, and so squirrels and stuff would get up in there. And rats, I mean, this place was disgusting when we bought it. And so we'd been there a few years, gotten some of the inside fixed up. And so I had some of my Saudi Daisy brain trust buddies come up and they said we can close this breakfast nook in so, you, so animals and rodents won't get up there into your kitchen well these numbskulls closed squirrels up in the thing <laughs> and we would hear them like moving around right and so one day Kelly's like big pregnant right like she's doing one of these numbers you know and she goes downstairs, I'm upstairs asleep, and she, the laundry room's downstairs off the garage right by the kitchen. So she's walking through, opens the door, and there's a squirrel <laughs> on a pile of clothes just looking at her. I thought she'd went into labor. She screamed and hollered and waddled all the way up the steps. I'm talking about boom, 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 boom. Screamed at me, questioned my manhood. You know, you, you gotta kill this squirrel. I'm like, look, I don't want no part of that squirrel, you know? have to call some hunter or something, you know. So anyways, I could stay here all day and have you laughing, but this thing went on for a week. I went and got me a cage, some peanut butter, you know, poison, tried everything, could not catch this squirrel. And it would come back through the house. It was in the house for like a week. Her getting ready to have a baby. Well, then we got news that my grandmother was about to die. Um, She's in heaven now, but her, her heart was open for like three days. There was no chance that she was going to live. God ended up sparing her and keeping her around for a few more years by the grace of God. But I was really sad, crying. It was just a really tough time, and the squirrel's still in the house. About a week into this thing, I've had enough of the squirrel, right? Enough of the squirrel. And so across the street from us was two of our faithful members, Bob and Betty Martin. They were on the committee that called my dad here as pastor. And we took care, if Bob wasn't home, Betty is like family to me, still is. And so we're very close, but I lived across the street from Betty, so she'd check on us every now and then, we'd check on her. Well, I've had it with the squirrel, my grandmother's about to die, I'm crying, I've had a terrible day. And so Kelly says, let me just, let's just go out and drive around so you can get your mind off your grandmother or whatever. So we go, and I'm walking out, and I see a roll of paper towels rolling down the garage steps. And it's that squirrel, man. And I wish I could tell you I prayed for that squirrel. I grabbed a baseball bat. I said some things that I can't repeat in here. And I beat that squirrel to death. And I called that squirrel every name I could think of. Well, Betty Martin was in the driveway. And she heard things come out of my mouth that she should have never heard come out of my mouth. But she showed me grace, amen? So I think about Balaam and his donkey. And I picture him beating this donkey in this thing and how God will use anything. Now, I don't know what God was trying to say to me through that squirrel. But I know what he was trying to do through the donkey, amen? 
But God will use anything to speak to. He speaks through the stars. He speaks through natural disasters, storms. He speaks through all of us. He speaks in many different ways. Now, number three, let's get a little bit more controversial. I told you, church people, that the longer we get into this, the more you'll receive from it. Number three, God speaks to us audibly. And God said to Moses, Exodus chapter three, Jehovah, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Israelites, I am has sent you. We know that is the definition of Jehovah. God called this stuttering man who'd murdered to go rescue the Israelites. He gave him a specific assignment. He spoke to him through a burning bush with a purpose. God speaks to us for a purpose. God still speaks. He used creation to speak, but he speaks audibly. Not to everyone. Some of you have never heard God speak. Sometimes the impression on your spirit has been so strong, it sounded like words, but it wasn't words. God speaks to some audibly. Joshua, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, saying this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. They'd wandered 40 years, and God spoke to the new generation, to the new leader about the promised land and what was to come. God speaks, and the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. God speaks. Everybody say, God speaks. In Acts chapter 8, there's a story of Philip who's led down a road from Jerusalem to Gaza, the desert wilderness road, and he runs into a eunuch, different race from him. This eunuch's reading scripture from Isaiah that said he'll be led lamb to the slaughter, like a lamb to the slaughter. He leads him to Jesus and then he gets baptized. God speaks to you and he'll lead you down roads that are preordained and destined for you to give him glory and you to show others the glory of God. God wants to speak to you. He is speaking to you. You just have to be able to hear him and hearing him is not the same as obeying him. But in the kingdom of God, you can't just listen. You have to move on what God says. You did that last week and I'm so grateful. You moved on what God's said what he, what, he, what he wants to do. But you have to move on him today. Number four, God speaks through the supernatural. Everybody say weird stuff. Always has, always will. God speaks through the supernatural. Dreams and visions. Look at the story of Joseph, Solomon, Jacob, Peter. Throughout the Bible, John, Paul, Joel, God speaks through dreams and visions. He speaks through weird stuff. He speaks through other tongues. He speaks through people that you don't think should be worthy to speak for God. But God speaks and does what he wants to do. His ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. God can use anything or anyone for his glory. But he speaks through the supernatural. In Exodus chapter 4, Moses is still nervous about his call on his life. And he says, if they will not believe you, This is what God says to him. Nor listen to the voice of the first sign, then they may believe the voice of the latter sign. The word kol, Q-O-L in Hebrew, is translated voice 378 times in the word of God. And that word simply means communication. It means a loud cry, nature, news, public or private. God is speaking. And he speaks to Moses through miracles, he turns a rod into a, sta- a, a snake and then back into a staff. 
just to build Moses' faith that he could do what he called him to do. Supernatural. Everybody say weird stuff. Then his hand becomes leprous. He puts it back in the cloak and it becomes healed. God's showing him that the supernatural power of God will be with him because he's being obedient to the call which God placed on his life. Young people, if you'll do what God's telling you to do, the supernatural power of God will be on your life to go wherever God's called you to do, in government, in music, in athletics, in education, whatever it may be. If you are obedient to God, his supernatural signs and wonders will cover you to completion. God will send his supernatural power to carry you wherever God has called you to go. God can do it. He has done it. I can talk about Red Sea parting, miracles happening, earthquakes, signs and wonders. I can talk to you about Stephen being stoned, giving God praise. I can talk to you about a number of things in God's word, and we will over the next eight weeks about all that God can do. But I tell you, when you see someone holding on to the faith in the midst of persecution, you know they've heard God's voice. When you see someone that's staring death in the face that stays true to their purpose, they've heard God's voice. When you see someone who stands up unashamed of the word of God, they've heard God's voice at one time or another in their life. When you see someone that perseveres through difficulty, they've heard God's voice at some point in their life. We need to hear God's voice, but we need to be obedient to God's voice. Next, God speaks through circumstances. Now, this is for the faithful church people. You've been wondering what's, what's for you. This is for you. God spoke to Jonah with his voice, but when Jonah disobeys, he used circumstances, called him to Nineveh, ran off to Tarshish, and then he got swallowed by, well, not preaching on that today. But God uses circumstances. Psalms 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Now, here's how Christian people often interpret positive circumstances. God speaks through circumstances. Amen? If something positive happens in our lives as Christians, here's, here's what we say. It's the favor of God. Favor. The only song I've ever hated we did, Ken, was that, I've got supernatural. And I just don't like that song. It's kind of goobery to me. And Ken knows because I used to do this at him when they'd sing it, you know, like we were favoring each other, you know, like that. Invincible. And see, I'll see, it'll be stuck in your head if I keep on. And pray that thing out of there, amen. But favor, when, when something good happens, we think, oh, it's the favor of God. Might be. Not saying that's not true. Next thing we believe as Christians, something good happens, it's, it's because God's blessing me for how obedient I've been. There's truth to some of that. Next thing we believe, because I've beat the devil. I've overcome the enemy. Yeah, there's some truth to that too. Then, it's God's divine plan. That's how we interpret positive circumstances. Now, here's how we interpret negative circumstances. When something negative happens, it's a test from God. Might be. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying this is how we interpret it. It's a, God's testing me. Next, I'm being punished for past sins. I'm being punished for my childhood. I'm being punished because I did this 10 years ago. I'm being punished because I'm not perfect. Next, I'm being attacked by the devil. The devil's in a bush about to get me. Now, I believe in spiritual warfare. I'm not making fun of any of that. 
All of these things can be valid. Next, being persecuted for righteousness sake. Persecuted for righteousness sake could also be valid. Can I help you this morning? God wants us to rise above our circumstances, be it positive or negative. God wants us to live above our circumstances, not be defined or controlled by them, be it positive or negative. God wants us to live above our circumstances. Stop trying to analyze why bad things happen, why good things happen, and just walk in the peace of God. Colossians says, let the peace of God rule, which means to reign as a deciding factor in your hearts, since as members of one body, everybody say the church, you were called to peace and be thankful. So the goal is peace. And if you have peace, you can live above your circumstances, be it positive or negative. Quit over-spiritualizing everything in your life and focus on God the Father and ask for His Shalom Spirit to cover you so that you can live above it. So something negative won't knock you off track and something positive won't make you arrogant. Walk in the peace and the favor of God. And you'll see fruit from that. Now let's land this plane. Two more. God speaks through Jesus. He turns water into wine and he heals blind people. He heals people that have been married five times. He came for the least, the last, the worst. God speaks through Jesus. Jesus can offend the religious while upholding the religious at the same time. Jesus Christ can walk into a situation and come out victorious every time. Jesus came for people like me and you. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He still speaks he still moves. He puts his spirit inside of you for those who know him. And you can do greater works. Isn't that what this Go Weekend's about? Greater works. Listen, if you're going to go, you've got to be willing to follow Jesus into the unknown. Jesus Christ is still speaking. God's word is perfect truth. Everybody say perfect truth. But I love what Bill Johnson said, God's son Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is perfect theology, man. Amen. You're worried about the rapture, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, don't give a rip-trib. You're worried about everything. But let me tell you, in Jesus is perfect theology. Say what he said, do what he did. Live according to his promises and you will walk in perfect theology. It's the rest of it that keeps us divided and at war all the time. I know it's cliche, but what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? We need to honor that. And there's too many people slapping Christianity on their backs and not following this principle. There's a lot of what I see that doesn't honor Jesus or reflect his spirit. In both political parties. Both. I don't care what party you're in, sin, sin. And if it doesn't reflect Jesus, then I have a problem with it. And you ought to too. God's spirit, if his son is perfect theology, his spirit is perfect in the Trinity. <laughs> It's not the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
Some want one without the other. You got to have them all, baby. And I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost because if you don't embrace the Holy Ghost, you can't hear his voice. The Holy Spirit will speak and has spoken and will continue to speak. And that's how God operates on this earth and it will be until he comes back. So you better embrace the all-powerful Acts 1-8 dynamite Holy Ghost if you're going to hear from God in this life. You better embrace the power of the Holy Spirit because he still speaks. I can't explain why someone going the wrong way can hear from God. I can't explain how God speaks to people in prison and calls them into ministry or heals them of a sickness. And I can't explain why he chooses not to sometimes. But I know that his spirit still speaks. Lastly, God speaks through his church. (laughs) He speaks through you, man. When you embrace Jesus and the fact that God speaks through Jesus and you realize he sent his spirit into your heart crying out, Abba, Father, then when you speak to someone that's hurting, Jesus is speaking. You're the only Jesus they'll ever see because he lives inside of you. He speaks through his church. He speaks through us. That's why unity is so important. He speaks when we are number one, where we've been the last five weeks, when we are together. If any two of you agree on any one thing, I will do it. We just have to walk in that togetherness like I saw last week and God will continue to use us as a voice going out into all the earth when we are together. Ah, but he he speaks through the church not only when we are together, when we are in tribulation. That's what Paul said. Listen, he's about to get stoned in one place, about to get lynched in another, ran out of town for the gospel, but God still prevailed. When I've seen the church come together in our nation more than ever is when we've been facing a difficult time. Whether it's 9-11 or in the midst of war, whatever it may be, we come together in times of tribulation and trials. Listen, let's, let's make a decision today to not be governed by our circumstances, to live above those so that God doesn't have to allow something like that to happen for us to fulfill his purpose for us on earth so we can be his voice. We shouldn't wait till difficult times come. We should be his voice during the good times and the bad. But he also speaks through his church during times of triumph and victory. I'm thankful that Jesus is coming back for his church. Amen. Are you thankful he's not leaving us orphans? The Bible said, I will not leave you orphans. He's coming back for a bride, a body that's together, that knows how to overcome trials. He's coming back and we will reign with him in heaven for a thousand years. We will take back what the devil has stolen from us. It's a promise from God's word and it happens because we've heard his voice and now we have chosen to be his voice. Everybody say, this is for us. This is for you. This is the church. This is who we are called to be. Called to be his voice. We talk about his hands and feet, but we don't always talk about his voice. So what's God saying to you today? What's God saying to you today? He may be speaking to you in the area of conviction. Maybe you have sin in your life 
And there's been a hindrance from you hearing from God for quite some time because there's all these hindrances in your life. The Bible says sin separates you from God. Maybe he's speaking to you not on the area of conviction but of comfort. Maybe you're too comfortable. Maybe God's calling you to more. And today you need to say, I'm ready for the more. I'm ready for the zoe, the abundant life. I'm ready to do more. I'm ready to be more. I'm ready to believe for more. Maybe it's in the area of comfort. Maybe it's in the area of conviction. Maybe it's in the area of control. Maybe you've tried to control every aspect of your life and God's saying, give, give away your control. Give it to me. Lay it at my feet. Maybe God's speaking to you in the area of Christ. Maybe you're a non-believer. Maybe you don't know what, ha- what happened to you if you died this morning. Maybe God's speaking to you about Christ, his son who died for you, who loves you so much that he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Maybe God's speaking to you about being that voice and quit being ashamed of what you used to be. And maybe God's saying, I want to use your voice because your voice, when you're filled with my spirit, is my voice. Maybe God's saying, receive all that I have for you. I'm challenging you to hear his voice again and to obey his voice this morning. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask our pastoral staff just to make your way down really quick because we're going to pray for the students and teachers. It's 12 o'clock on the dot. Don't ask me how I did that. Everybody say Holy Ghost. But we're going to pray for students and teachers. But before we do, I know people are under conviction God's dealing with you in the area of control and comfort and, and in, in Christ, and, and you need to make a decision to be obedient to God in the midst of your circumstances. So before we move on, if you need to receive Jesus as Lord, I just want you to pray this prayer with me in your heart or out loud. Just say, Lord Jesus. That's right, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, please come into my heart and save me. Lord, please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me for your glory. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold because I believe you've heard his voice. I'm going to ask you to confess him in front of men because the Bible says if you won't do this, that he'll not confess you in front of the Father. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come to one of these pastors and say, I prayed to receive Jesus. We can't wait on you as long as we normally wait on you today. So if you've prayed that prayer and you need a touch from God, I need you to come quickly when worship starts. Maybe you need these ministers to pray with you in the area of comfort, control, or whatever it may be. They're going to do that. They're going to break bondages off your life and they're going to pray healing over you. Maybe you need to connect. Maybe God's dealing with you in the area of connection and you need to connect with this church. We're not asking you to join a cult. We're asking you to join a family. A family. Maybe you want to come be a part of our family. Whatever it may be, I'm going to ask you to listen to the voice of God that still speaks and that still reigns above all. Would you stand on your feet all over this place? Let me pray over you as we begin. Heavenly Father, your voice speaks and has spoken today. Lord, I pray that people be obedient to your voice and respond to it not just today but every day they'll be open to your voice be it a burning bush a still small voice a supernatural miracle through creation however you choose to speak audibly Lord however you choose to speak Lord we're open to your voice 
And we make a commitment today to be obedient to your voice from now until forevermore. So, Father God, move on this place as we minister to the saints and as we pray in just a moment for students and teachers, move on this place in a powerful way. If you need ministry, you come. You come. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor Ronnie's message. Connect with us at abbashouse.com or ronniephillips.org. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If it has, please subscribe to our podcast. You can invest in helping others live free and fully alive by giving at abbashouse.com slash give. Thanks for listening.